what I did even with all the positivity, you know, I woke up at five, I was in the 5am club, I did yoga for an hour and meditation and, but I went back to, to some candy here, some candy there, because I filled a hole. And this is very important. I did favors for people. I said, it's okay, I can do that. But then I was so sad that I just, in my break, just went down in the small village. We lived on an island in, in Greece, you know, I went to the small village and stuffed in some candy. I went back to coffee. I had sugar in my coffee. And from outside, it looked like, okay, everything is good. Everything is healthy. But from inside, I was really, I, I, I was done. As a vegan, do you ever feel like you're living in a parallel universe, aware of things that many others don't even seem to notice, let alone acknowledge? I'm Chrissy Benson, host of the Vegan Posse podcast. We talk with vegans from around the globe who, like you, are living lives of integrity and compassion with an eye toward justice through their personal stories. You'll come to see that you're not an outlier. In fact, you're part of an entire posse of individuals who aren't just keeping the peace, they're creating it through their food choices and beyond. You won't be saddling up, but you're in for the ride of your life. Welcome to the Vegan Posse. Hey, Posse. Most of you are probably familiar with the amazing Chef AJ. Well, I'm going to be on her YouTube show in just a couple of weeks on Thursday, August 31st at 11 a.m. Central. I'll be talking about my novel, Marrying Myself, my internal family systems coaching, self-love, and all kinds of other fun vegan topics. You can join us live to comment or ask questions. Can't wait to see you then. Today, the Vegan Posse welcomes Adi Pargentny. A musician since the age of 11 and vegan for over a decade, Adi switched to music production in 2017, specializing in location recording, remote mixing, and producing songs for artists worldwide. He spent two years in Morocco during the COVID craziness, supporting local artists by producing over 50 singles and music videos, two LPs, and six live shows. A truly mobile recording engineer, Adi is currently based in Poland. <laughs> Adi, welcome to the Vegan Posse. Are you ready for the ride of your life? Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. So do you know the word posse? Was that a word that's familiar, familiar to you? Uh, honestly, I'm not a native speaker and I will Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> One moment. Um, maybe you can explain it to me. I will. I will. So I go into this in the, in the official intro, um, but the word posse, it means a group of people gathered usually for law enforcement purposes. So essentially to keep the peace. And so as I see it, a vegan posse, we're not just keeping the peace, we're creating peace through our food choices and beyond. Mm, that's beautiful. Now I'm 100% ready. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Yeah. Well, Adi, we connected not through vegan circles, but through the world of music. So you were recently on the wildly popular podcast, Recording Studio Rockstars, hosted mm. by my boyfriend, Lyd Shaw. And it came up in his conversation with you that you also happen to be a longtime vegan. Um, so I poached you as a guest, <laughs> which is not very vegan language, but I believe you fully consented to the poaching. So I'm comfortable with my conduct. <laughs> <laughs> so I, why don't you just start by telling a little about yourself? Where are you from and what do you do? Oh, at first, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very grateful for it. And a big shout out to Lich for this wonderful podcast. Um yeah, my, my name is uh, Adi Pajentne, and I'm actually traveling around the world. I'm now on the road for four years constantly, but it was already before YouTube, before, before maps, <laughs> Google Maps and uh, mobile internet that uh, me and my life partner, Kasha, traveling around the world, discovering music, being of service and learning um, from other cultures and living with other cultures. And now I'm having a mobile record studio. Um, we spent, for example, two years in Morocco during the COVID time. 
and supported local artists. We kept the music alive during this time, um, creating over, I think, 50 singles and including music videos. Um, we had the patron campaign and gathered money to create two LPs for local bands. One of them went on number 25 in the world music charts, what was amazing, like a band from the desert going up there. And um, it evolved from there. In, in general, I'm a musician for 24 years. I just love music and everything around it. And now I'm a full-time producer, producing songs, making songs for film and TV. I'm mixing, doing mastering, recording, and curiosity. Everything what makes me curious, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. You're really, really living, living your dreams and living your imagination. That's so, so inspiring and cool to see. Oh, so thank you so you, much. You grew up in Poland, is that right? I was born in Poland, and before the Berlin Wall fall, um, I, I was a half year old or young <laughs> at this time. Um, my my parents left Poland. They actually um, uh, fled over the Berlin Wall, and I grew up in Germany completely. So German is even my my primary language. I have a German passport and everything. But at the moment, I'm living in Poland. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you're, yeah. well, you're in Morocco at the moment, though. You're, uh, I'm talking no. to you in Morocco or you're in Poland? I'm in Poland now. It's, oh, I'm, you're I'm playing... in Poland. Oh, yeah. okay. okay you went back. I'm, I'm playing uh, Catch Me If You Can. Nobody knows where I am. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yes, moving target. Yeah. All very, the time. very smart. Got it. <laughs> so, so how did you eat growing up? And did you ever think about animals and, and our food system? Um, when I was younger, it, it's funny that you say it now because um, I just went to Germany after the trip from LA and um, I have a huge family in Germany. So we are always exchanging stories. And apparently this time it was a reflection on how we ate as children. And it was, um, it wasn't good. It, it was full with sugar. It was full with sugar. Like, um, fruits will be will be full of sugar or cream and, and stuff you don't have uh, we always needed something extra and I think through this the taste for carrots and normal vegetables somehow disappeared during this time when I was younger I wasn't really really open for it um, I had one story I would love to share with you and this is related to the to the Polish food culture and to the to the culture how how to eat because there wasn't much at these times. So when my family grew up in Germany, there was a huge abundance, and we ate as much as possible, as much you know, buying as much meat as possible because there was no meat. Meat was something that. Um, that that was a rarity they were standing in lines maybe you know the pictures from communistic times where people were standing in lines for two three hours maybe waiting for days or weeks so um i saw already uh, by my parents and my family there is an unhealthy pattern there were diseases from heart attacks from fatty food um cigarettes alcohol consumption um and i i i'm, I'm happy i could see it now like with the age of, of 30, I'm not drinking anymore. Um, I don't eat meat and really take care of what I eat. But as a kid, whew, no way, candy for the kids. Um, I remember the story when they went in the 90s to my family in Poland and the car was full with, with meat groceries. It was more than close and the whole fridge was full. And as a kid, I remember I opened the fridge and the sausages were falling on me like uh, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> so since then, um, it made me think. And I always rethink about it, you know, like uh, back to the story. Like, oh, my gosh, this is just too much. Too what much. an image. What mm. an image of opening oh. <laughs> the fridge and the sausages just showering on you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, well, my grandmother and my mother, um, 
my mother's Ukrainian. And so mm-hmm. they were they were immigrants fleeing the communists. Um, so they came to the U.S., but they lived in Poland. They lived in Germany, you know, lots, lots of stops during the time that they were coming from Ukraine. So mm-hmm. um, so all, all of those stories sound familiar to me. I, I heard them from my grandparents and from my mother. Um, you can so, relate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that culture of deprivation where there's never enough food and then and then suddenly there is. It's, you know, our our biology, our human physiology. We evolved to take advantage of the times when there was a lot of food. So, mm-hmm. you know, in these cultures where there's food, it makes sense that people overeat and go for the junk food and go for the sugar and go for the animal products. Yeah. So when did when did you first start thinking about how you were eating and decide to go vegan? So what what, what opened my eyes? Um, so I started to make make music with the age of eleven, and uh, I started to drink at this time also like um, alcohol and. At age eleven, wow! At you age were 11. a real, real rock star kid, huh? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I thought it's it's rock star kid, but uh, now I realize how it was in the way of my creativity and true creation, and true love to myself. So, it it had to, had its reasons and it it its traumas together with it. Um, mm-hmm. It was just just this um, topic of always having fun and you know. Yeah, now I can I can actually stand to it that that um, probably also we wanted to be cool, you know, and um, like our our heroes from the US and like Slash and all these guys and um, but later I just I just couldn't stop and you know I was living in a rehearsal room I I didn't sleep much in the mornings I went to my job um, I woke up at five a.m. and had to be there at six and after after my job I made music. And we were drinking, we had parties, I ate frozen pizzas, um, I eat junk. Until one day with 21, um, I almost had a heart attack because of not, with 21. And I, I did a lot of sport. It's not like I, I wasn't active. Like um, I, I played basketball for like six years, um, semi-professionally, skateboarding, uh, playing this punk shows. It's also a lot of energy that's coming out. And yeah, this, this was like the first eye opener. And then I met my life partner, Kasia. And she don't eat meat, I think, since the age of 13. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did, how did you guys meet? The story is beautiful. I, I love to, to, to tell the story. It was on the previously called Woodstock Festival in Poland. It was a free festival for one million people. So... I was 20 and had a car, went with my best friends to a, to a hippie festival in a forest in Germany. And then we said, hey, we have time. Let's go to Berlin, visit some friends. When we were in Berlin, people came to us and said, oh, the Prodigy is playing for free. You're going there? We we're like, what? Yeah, in Poland, 80 kilometers from here. Are you going? We we're like, okay. Everybody called the chef, like, oh, my stomach hurts. I can't go to work for the next week. You know, get the... (laughs) And um, on this huge festival, we were like four days earlier there. So there was almost nobody. I just put my tent. And a few days later, my life partner, Kasia, she put her tent exactly close to mine. And since then, we are together. It's crazy, like between one million people that are there. Oh, just click. Yeah. And it's, uh, wow. Was it love at first sight? Yeah. Really? We felt felt something. Aw. And how you were 21 at that time, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Aw. (laughs) (laughs) And so she had, she had stopped eating meat at age 13. Wow. So Mm -hmm. when, when did you, you know, decide to follow that same path. So I, I wasn't um, because of this sausage uh, <laughs> avalanche that happened. Um, I, I wasn't really, really attracted to it, but I ate a little bit, like sometimes here, sometimes there. And after we moved together, she she helped me to 
get more conscious with the food to start cooking for myself. Um, but it, it was hard because I was I still had these patterns, the, the habits. So it was um, difficult at the beginning, but it reduced already. And what helped me was I was a roadie for, for a lot of bands like um, Beyonce, The Purple, Iron Maiden, and we did a lot of shows. And one day they sent me to Switzerland for three weeks to make light and sound in the auto salon, it's called. And food is pretty expensive there. And I, I was on a budget. I bought a new guitar. I still have it here. This is the guitar <laughs> I bought. I, I spent all my money for it. And um, so I was on a budget and I saw the guys I worked with. They bought the worst meat possible. The worst. Like this is what they give in Switzerland, Switzerland to the dogs. So they fried it. They said, hey, Adi, we made dinner. And I, I'm like, mm -mm. I think... I think it's over. And I started to to buy these um, beans in cans. And I was eating this for three weeks. No meat, nothing. And I came back like, okay, that's it. That's it. And since then, no, yeah, no, no more meat. And I started wow. at first, yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. I came back as a, as a at first vegetarian. Wow. How yeah. did, how did your, um, your life partner i'm what what was what's her name again did you say uh, her name kasha. is kasha kasha, kasha. yeah so uh -huh. how did how did she respond when you came back and told her you know i'm i'm in <laughs> <laughs> of course happy you know because it's um um I, I i think it's beautiful um not only um for myself like oh having having the label like I'm vegetarian now, I'm vegan now, but the things that are behind it to be more conscious with what I eat and what we contribute, not only to ourselves, but to society. And with society, I mean also the animals, the plants, this planet. And this is this is this is beautiful. She was very happy about the response. And the beautiful thing is she she never pushed me or something. It, there, there wasn't a, um it was just as it is. And there was no overconsumption of it, of, of meat previously, but it was easier for both of us and it was nicer, you know. Um, we could discover different ways of eating and we always grow together. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's what I discovered when I went vegan is just how much there is to discover and learn. And I went into it just thinking, oh, this is going to be so limiting and so constrictive. And instead, I found it to be just the opposite, both in terms of food and also just in terms of my mind and heart and just, mm. you know, the learning and expanding um, that's happened for me. And eating eating vegan and eating with compassion, I mean, that seems very in tune with just who you are. I mean, from everything you've described, just pitching the tent, living out in nature, loving music and creativity. It it yeah. seems just very congruent with your spirit. Did you feel that way? I absolutely feel that way because food is medicine. Food is medicine, not only for our body, but for our soul. And once I stuck with it, I felt way lighter, way more conscious, more in the present moment. And for me, it's it's an absolutely healing journey to take more care and see what I eat. To really take care of it so when you went what year was that that you officially you know changed how you were eating was uh well i was 23 it was almost yeah 10 10 years ago wow 10 okay. years ago we have now 2023 so 2013 gotcha okay and how did how did this change affect your health did you start feeling different way better way better like um uh maybe you notice you know when you eat a lot of fatty food um because th this is also i say one of those traps like hey i don't eat meat anymore but i'm getting all this packaged food that i can fry in the pan it, it doesn't change much you know but um i didn't eat like this 
And after I, I stopped eating this, this fatty food and more raw food, um, my, I had always, my, my heart was pumping when I ate too fatty, when I didn't sleep. And this stopped definitely. My blood flow, blood flow is consistent, calm. Um, I don't, I, I made some, some tests for the heart and everything is all right, you know. Um, and again, this is something that I experienced because um, I make better decisions, which lead to less stress. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, instead of a vicious cycle, it's, it's a positive <laughs> cycle. Exactly. Make better decisions, less stress, and then you make better decisions. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate. That makes total sense. Oh, um, and what about, what about your creativity and your music? How did this change affect, you know, your music? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every step I take in my life to change something opens up and invites more creativity. Um, I'm at the moment doing this book, The Artist's Way. Yes, yes. Absolutely in love with it. And um, it's it's a big, big part of it. Actually, what's um, more, how to say, I, I'm more honest to myself with this. Um, I blocked creativity and and the creating process subconsciously by overeating or eating trash because then I could just chill on the couch and say yeah yeah I had a good time you know and I made this one riff <laughs> but um, you know uh, one step leads to the other we we've been out this festival and we were eating very healthy now I'm doing qigong every morning then I take my guitar and I'm just finishing tracks. From beginning to the end, it's no longer a dramatic process or mm-hmm. that I had to go through a peak and then through a low and then, ha, ha, we made it, it's done, you know. I can just look back at, at every track now and say, this was beautiful. Oh, and this was also beautiful. Oh, and this was a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this way more. <laughs> right, you've gotten off the roller coaster. But, yeah, and in but return, it's not it, it boring, right? Like it's not, cause I think that's what people are concerned about is, you know, yes, the highs and the lows can be stressful, but they also make life exciting. You know, do you feel like you've maintained that excitement and enthusiasm for life? It's, how can I explain pure love? I think it's the most exciting thing for me when, when it just goes smooth. This was actually my, my, my biggest concern because after we came back from Morocco, we had so many interviews and the interviews with me, they're always like, yeah, it went well. Yeah, and here it was super <laughs> smooth, you know? And, and um, uh, after a while, like people call me, they're like, Adi, you need the story. You have to tell like something didn't went well, but everything was good. So why should I lie, you know? And um, <laughs> just, just, for, for me, it's just the most, most beautiful think when I don't have to fix something, if I don't have to struggle, if I, I had enough of it, actually, I had so much struggle in my life and there was so much, so much um, and violence and so much ups and downs that I had and received, you know, I'm just happy when things work out, when I can make a track, collaborate with somebody and we both like it. And it was a good time, you know, we, we, we have more fun than ever than you know, the, it, it came to me when I was uh, 14 it, and it was rough, you know, because I was in Germany, the times were different. And the, with my last name, there was uh, there, there, there was racism. I was beaten up every day and, and stuff like that. And um, because because you have a Polish last name or what was the exactly culture? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, wow. that, that, that was the thing that I was making a uh, frost eating with with candy and all this stuff this was number one and um uh why i'm saying it when i was uh, 14 we started to order books from timothy leary and robert anton wilson and things like that reading it and we learned more through these books than in school after a while i learned about the drama cycle that this can be also an addiction 
And apparently I saw it in my family. I loved them overall. And this was the past. And um, now we have a wonderful relationship with my parents, with, with all my family. I love them all. But in the past, it was, um, you know, I could realize through all of this that there is a drama cycle and there is addiction for drama in, in all of us. And this is a hard addiction to see because we experience it um, on a daily basis, on jobs, wherever we are. Still, and since this point, I believe that we can create and make more when we live in harmony, not only with each other, but also with animals, with plants on this planet. Um, and especially through the travels, like, for example, we made, I think it was 17 countries in one and a half years. Wow. And 70 it, countries? 17, like one seven. 17. Okay. Well, yeah. that's still, that's still an awful lot. <laughs> we were traveling a lot and working, you know, and um, always gave something back and having these conversations in these times where, where the internet wasn't so, so popular like now. Um, and I, I learned that everybody just wants to have a good time. And what I learned also is that everybody talked bad about the neighbor country. They're like, you know, we were in Albania and um, in Albania, they say, oh, it's so safe here, but don't go to Greece. You know, and then we go to Greece. We have a wonderful time. And then, oh, Greece is beautiful, but don't go to Turkey. It's dangerous. And then we go to Turkey and like, we have an incredible time. And then, oh, Turkey is wonderful, but don't go to Georgia, you know, we go, and so on and so on. And I realized like, um, we all just want to sit down and have a, have a community and a good time together to create and do something. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. What do you think it is that causes people to be, the, to be that way, to kind of demonize another country or another cu culture? Oh, it's the the history in the in the past, especially in Europe. There, there was it's a huge war history, and um, hmm, it's hard. I I, <laughs> I don't don't go. Yeah, you don't have to have topics. all the answers. I mean, these are these are, yeah, there are... You know, the questions that you know plague plague the world. So I don't expect you to solve yeah. them during this during this one conversation. But I was just yeah, that... curious. Yeah, that's very interesting. What what, what I'm thinking is um, uh, com compassion, um, understanding, and looking forward, like making the the first step, you know, um, from the countries to 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 get together again. Beyond the story, it's super difficult. And at the moment, I just see that it's getting worse and worse by repeating these histories and um, never, what was it in Poland, never forget what happened 1500s, in the 1500s, you know, and always repeating it and um, uh, consuming this. I mean, I, I, I believe uh happiness and positivity is is a habit is something we learn and in a way and i don't want to go too personal to people because i know we all have difficult times and so on and things that happen to us but we can train it and at the moment i see that we rather train the opposite like pessimism negativity dramas and and hate so yeah this is this is maybe one of the one of the one of many pillars it's also communication how we how we talk to each other um there are so many things i had to relearn or i'm still relearning um there is this book from marshall rosenberg i think um what was it peaceful communication no Oh, nonviolent communication. Nonviolent communication. Yeah. These principles. So there, there are a lot of um, habits to unlearn, but it takes time. It's step by step. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, when you have people like you who are sort of single-handedly acting as ambassadors all around the world to all these different countries, you know, just bringing like purity of heart and kindness and open-mindedness 
um, you know, it sounds like you're doing a lot to help, help heal the world. You can't do it all on your own, of course, but the more people like you that do what you're doing and follow their hearts and follow their dreams, I think that's going to help a great deal. In fact, that may be the only thing that helps. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you do the same, like, um, uh, reaching out to your community and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I, before, when I was younger, you know, I had always in mind to, to save the world, but it's a big, it's a huge luggage that I put on my yes. back. Yeah. And it's, it's more this, um, again, drama sick, you know, all or nothing. And now I see it's uh, the community, the people around me. Maybe I start by my family, you know, now my family, they, um, my parents, they are, they are often eating, eating, eating vegan now. And those really? are vegetarian, like, yeah, they, it's now the thing that the kids teach the parents. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to teach my parents. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're shifting a little bit. They're definitely shifting. So did you ever watch, you know, all the animal slaughterhouse videos or, you know, did you delve into the, the online resources regarding veganism and animal agriculture? Yeah. And um, also, also through the travels, I, I saw it. You know what I mean? There's a different uh, relationship to food while in, in, I say Western Europe, like in, in Germany, Austria, and in all these countries, we have everything packed and ready with this additional plastic. Um, in all the other countries, you see the whole process everywhere. So I'm very aware of it. And yeah, when I was younger, of course, I, I, I saw the videos. It's just cruel. Right. So you didn't need to see the videos because you were seeing the actual reality. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Here in the here in the United States, of course, we are so disconnected from the whole process. And that's by design, of course, because if people actually saw what was happening, they might, you know, make different choices. I think it was Paul McCartney said if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone, no one would eat meat. And absolutely. Um, I don't know if that's totally true. I think some people <laughs> still probably would, but it would make a difference. So in terms of in terms of community and just connecting with people around the world, how has it been eating this way? Has that inhib inhibited your ability to connect over, you know, over meals? Um <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, and uh, through the through the experience, uh, we got better and better. So at the beginning, you know, because again, for example, when we were in the Balkans in in Europe, there was um, the food is celebrated, over celebrated. It's it's there when guests are there, and um, it's common to just sit down, get drunk, and eat as much food as possible, and have a, and call it a good time. You know what I mean? And so I remember 2013 when we've been to Albania for the first time in Tirana, um, we explained them what vegetarian is. Uh, we worked in a hostel, the, the hostel owner, he knew already because he, he had many guests. And um, a vegetarian meal was, for example, that they take the piece of meat out of your dish. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it was, you know, like, ah, mm. What we're going to eat now. Um, now we're in a camper van. We have our own kitchen. What was one of the, you know, requirements for us to to move into a van and live like that, that we have our own kitchen and can uh, cook our own food. For example, when we were in Morocco for these two years during COVID, um, all these incredible fruits and vegetables are there. Mm. Um, they are not eating much meat anyway because it's pretty expensive and they are you know usually not overeating there so there was always a possibility to have to have a vegetarian dish with our friends there you know and they get more and more aware or when we went to Armenia or Georgia in their culture they make the fasting 
uh, during 40 days fasting, they just eat vegan, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was great for us, you know, because they knew what, what it means to not eat meat. That's so interesting. Is that what sort of, are you, is this like a Catholic tradition or mm -hmm. 40 days for Lent? Yeah, exactly. Because Armenia is the first country that um, uh, took over um, Catholicism. So it's one of their traditions. Yeah. And That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. So what <laughs> what interesting foods have you discovered, you know, traveling as much as you do? Oh, my gosh. I'm sure there's a really long list, but just, you know, give us give us a taste, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> One of my favorite is called uh, tagine, and this is Moroccan. And it's like a, a clay plate, like a big clay plate. And it looks like a tiny house you put on top of it. <laughs> so you're covering the vegetables and you can put lentils into it and just some spices and just cook them in this tiny house for like uh, 40 minutes. And voila, you have a great dish. Usually you eat it with bread. Everybody's putting their hands into it and you're ah. eating together. Yeah. Oh, I that sounds it's, amazing. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. It's very delicious. Um, apart from that, um, traditional vegetarian food. Or how about even fruits and vegetables that maybe we don't have here in the U.S.? Mm, I, I didn't went to those places. We usually, we had, you know, watermelons. Um, it was beautiful to eat seasonal. Yeah. Because in this way of life, you eat seasonal. I, I don't want to buy um, fruits that are packed in plastic, you know. So um, it, 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 it made it actually very exciting because we knew, ah, okay, we are now in Morocco in april may watermelon season is there and then we bought this watermelons every day and we knew where they come from you know then you have honey right. melons um you just had the the local foods what was it, it was a blessing for us it was a blessing to live there very interesting you you remind me very much of of an author named will tuttle who whom i've had on the show and he's He's a former Zen monk and he and his wife, Madeline, travel, travel the world and they often, you know, travel. They used to have an RV and now they travel in a van and <laughs> and basically do what, what you and Kasha do. Although he he is a musician. In fact, he's a he's a classically trained pianist. So he does play a lot of music, um, not as high tech as you, but you just. I'll I'll have to introduce the two of you because you you just remind me so much so much of him. <laughs> the things that. that are coming out of your mouth, I can imagine him saying. And he wrote a book called The World Peace Diet, um, mm -hmm. which talks about how you know we claim to want world peace. Everybody claims to be in favor of peace, and yet we've got this whole food system that's based on violence <laughs> and how can we possibly hope to achieve peace when we're consuming the products of cruelty and violence three times a day <laughs> so wow yeah. I, I would love to meet him and also would love to, to read this book yes it's really yes view. it's a wonderful book yeah i'll certainly i'll send you the link and i'll include all this information as well as the resources that you've mentioned in our show notes because we definitely like to let people know where they can find these, these sources. So, so now that you're back in Poland, what's, what's your plan? What are you doing these days? At, at the moment, I'm painting the wall behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after four years on the road, um, we just came back from a beautiful festival. It's called Symbiosa. And we have with the decoration, you know, painting there and, you know, cleaning the place afterwards. It was in a forest by a beautiful lake. There's a lot of nature and, you know, we had meditations. We had uh, Tao in classes, 432 hertz meditations, um, everything. It was, I'm, I'm just so pumped with, with love and positivity because we spent like seven days there and just made music. Um, at the moment, I'm 
work-wise, I'm finishing a lot of songs for for film music. It's with um, I have two projects. One is work music that we are creating with local artists and with the money. I can hire local artists, let's say in Africa at the moment, we make a Mali album and pay fair prices to them. And in return, the music will be sold to film and TV and we can make more of these projects. Um, oh, that's amazing. What, what yeah. a great endeavor. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's very exciting. And um, I, have, <laughs> I have two of the world's biggest labels um, where I can sell it. It's just a blessing. So oh, we are that's about, incredible. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I'm, I'm, um, I'm. My my big dream at the moment is to make a music production school in Morocco. Really? Yeah, we have the place already, and now it's just about the finances. And the, minor the, detail, minor detail. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on the way. <laughs> wow. So where in Morocco will it be? At the moment, we have a place that is called Taman Art Space, and there is the it it, it has been created by Aisa Jude, who is a famous painter and visual artist in Morocco. And during COVID, um, he he was earning because he made commissioned paintings, and the money he put into a old house, like a traditional house, um, in the village where he grew up, and the village is almost empty, because. It was mainly living from uh, people made a living from farming, so it's getting harder and harder. And his vision is to create the art village there. And he oh. made an incredible, beautiful place. Like I never have seen a place like this. So we met this year, and everything is set. We're going to make the production school. But the idea behind it is because I get a lot of messages, and I would love to record so many artists in Morocco and support them, um, either for for uh, lower fees or even for free in but I can't because if I would do so I would burn out and to right. prevent the burnout and to, to give something back to the country again I just teach people there how to produce and they can drive out and record everyone they want right. <laughs> and they are learning the craft they don't have to go abroad they can stay with their families and I think they can really benefit from it that sounds incredible. When did that idea come to you? This idea came after I got like 1,000 messages like, hey, we have a band, <laughs> can you record her? <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, always, um, I'm always thinking like, even after this two years recording in Morocco, um, I never wanted to put myself as a hero that we helped them because there are many artists who can support themselves also and who are traveling the world. Um, after these two years, you know, I had a couple of podcasts and kind words from so many people. And, you know, the doubt come, like, how much did I really help? And, of course, it was a wonderful time and we helped. But at the end, what everyone needs is uh, financial support. So at first I was thinking, oh, how can I do it? I can't, I can't pay them for this. There's no chance. And then came the idea to make film music. You know, then everything just happened, like, this can happen, this, okay, here's a contact, here's a connection, Ward Hewitt helped me with this. Um, first time I was in LA last year, and somehow on the third day I ended up in the biggest label, Warner Chappelle, where they made the interview with them. And one hour later, I'm standing there by the chef. <laughs> like, you know, it should be like this. It it was just a sign, you know, to to that this can really help everyone including me also because i have to take care of myself as well if i don't take care of myself i can't help anybody else right that's a very important thing yeah. for for everyone to remember yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's clear that you do so much for other people so i'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you also get to be cared for <laughs> and taken care of too absolutely it sounds like there's a lot of serendipity in your life is that right? Do you know that word? <laughs> <laughs> you <got> my look. <laughs> no, I don't know this word. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's a fun word. I I know the word well because my parents had a sailboat that was called serendipity. But serendipity it it means essentially 
kind of good luck and positive coincidences and, Mm -hmm. you know, just things that happen in a fortuitous way that, you know, just turns out really well, like unexpected meetings or unexpected connections, or you're walking down the street and you, you know, see a sign for exactly what you've been looking for, for three years, you know, so I'm just, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And especially through this book, the artist way, I'm, um, I'm more attentive to it and can appreciate it even more, you know, because um, I had, for example, a limit, like, this is good. This is good. This is too much good. (laughs) This is is impossible, you know, (laughs) Right. But now I, I, I just invite everything. And since then it's just flowing. It's you know, I did I did a very scary thing actually. Um people are laughing when I say this, but I fired almost all my clients. Wow. <laughs> because I got so many requests for favors. And I did all of them. And I okay, I will tell you the story. Uh, I was so overworked, and this change just ha- just happened in March. I was so overworked. Um, I dropped that in the airplane in March on the way to Marrakesh. We were recording the album with the band Tasut Animal, and I was dehydrated. I was exhausted, um, and I did so much favors, so much stuff for for little payments. Um, I just dropped that. I got reanimated in the airplane. It was the best um, health service I ever had. I had three doctors on board. <laughs> oh, so you you weren't speaking metaphorically. You really did. You you passed out on the plane. I passed out. I I, oh, I stand boy. up. I was done. I was gone. It was crazy. It was crazy, and it really opened my eyes. And it's it's not like you know. Um, to change even, even, or, or to rethink about my life. Like what I did, even with all the positivity, you know, I woke up at five, I was in the 5 a.m. club, I did yoga for an hour and meditation. And, but I went back to, to some candy here, some candy there, because I filled a hole. And this is very important. I did favors for people. I said, it's okay, I can do that. But then I was so sad that I just, in my break, just went down in the small village. We lived on an island in, in Greece. You know, I went to the small village and stuffed in some candy. I went back to coffee. I had sugar in my coffee. And from outside, it looked like, okay, everything is good. Everything is healthy. But from inside, I was really, um, I, I, I was done. So what happened? the doctors did they have to resuscitate you what were you taken off the plane how did no um one was pumping my heart the other one was putting up my legs wow so they were actually giving you cpr on the plane oh my goodness do you do you remember any of this i i I just woke up you know yeah this i see all the people looking at me of course my life partner crying and you know it was so was she was shock. with you. I was wondering if she was there. Yeah, we were flying both together to 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 Marrakesh to to make a new LP. Oh my goodness, she must have been terrified. Yeah, yeah, it gave me it gave me really to think, you know. Um, and then I stood up. I I was like, ah, no, no, everything is okay. Everything's all right. You know? <laughs> then I stood up and I dropped again, and the same thing. Oh. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> And and this gave, gave me really to rethink my whole life, everything what I'm doing. So, yeah, uh, at first I had to get rid of of this um, little bit toxic relationships with with people who just call me in for favors and don't want to pay for it. Mm. And um, I just did it, and it was super scary, you know. But now things happen that I wouldn't even imagine. And this is the beauty. This is how we started actually our journey um, to Morocco because things happened that I would never imagine. Like COVID came, another 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 thing, COVID came. I had no interest in being online on YouTube and so on. 
but I had to, you know, I, I thought, okay, maybe this can be opportunity. And I was working 18 hours per day to figure, <clears throat> figure this out. Instagram, Facebook, and, and YouTube, and, and so on. After a while, I was so exhausted. I was looking at the moon. I said, please give me a sign. I should continue with it. <laughs> I have to pay rent again, you know, because we were on a camping place at this time. And five days later, Warren Hewitt called me. He's the He produced How to Save a Life from the fray. He worked with Aerosmith. He's the producer from Aerosmith. Uh, he worked with Adele, Chili Peppers, Iggy Pop, Joe Strama. Every, he just called me via Skype. Hey, man, how can we work together? <laughs> this is incredible. That's a and good this, sign. Yeah. It's an incredible sign. God bless this guy. He's so wonderful. You know, without him, I wouldn't be in LA. I wouldn't meet Lich and I wouldn't meet you. Wow. Wow. I love it. So there's, yeah, serendipity is happening. Serendipity. Happening there it is. Right now. Yes. Wow. So, so I'm, I'm so glad you came out of that experience in March and, you mm. know, just had that you know, again, an awakening, literally and figuratively, but that, that is difficult, you know, for someone who's a kind person and who tries to be helpful to other people and who's also used to, you know, being agreeable and just accommodating mm -hmm. people. It's so easy to just overwork and give more than you have. And the, the difficult thing about that situation is that generally speaking people will take as much as you'll give <laughs> you know other yeah. other people aren't aren't going to hold you back you know and they're gonna accept <laughs> whatever you'll do for them so Definitely. that's amazing that you reach that point where you just realize no this is this is too much you know like like they say you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can you know help help other people so how uh, yeah. has it been for you just you know firing your clients and just deciding to take care of yourself and and put yourself first it's it's beautiful it's magical like i we just did this and look at this we were looking for a flat we have this apartment for free Wow. Can you imagine this? We were looking for an apartment and we have this apartment for free. So we're just renovating it in uh, advance because it had the water damage. Things like this are happening just step by step all the time. It's incredible. Like, And for example, just magic happens. Just magic happens. I, I had one guy, he wanted three mixes for 50 bucks per mix. So 150 bucks for me working five days. And... That's fair, and right? <laughs> that's fair. And, and, and his excuse was, I spent so much money on a songwriting camp, I can't pay you. I'm like, I would like to go to the songwriting camp as well, you know? Right, <laughs> right. So I, you paid you know, the song, he paid the songwriting camp. <laughs> he paid everything. He, he, you know, just getting this list, like his whole shopping list. I have a new computer. I have this new plugin. <laughs> I have this, I have that. But sorry, I can't pay you anymore. Is there something we can do? I said, and it was the first time I said, no. This is actually pretty rude, you know, asking me for this favor. And then the next day, a guy sent me 150 bucks, just like this. Thank you for all the teachings because I have many masterclasses. I have many courses out there I'm teaching me out of nothing, 150 bucks on my account. I said, okay, okay. I'm going to sit down. I made a huge list with people I enjoyed to work with and people I don't enjoy to work with. <laughs> And you know, one after the other, just like cut, 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 cut. And I'm now with two people that I absolutely love to create, plus my songwriting team. And it's creatively fulfilling. And I took this step. I always wanted to write for film and TV. So I sent 140 emails out to music supervisors. And actually the first email, the first email, I got an answer. Okay, we love your music. We're going to send it out now to our contacts at Marvel. What? Marvel. Wow. Marvel. Okay. Okay. I take it. <laughs> no, these things happen. If I would overwork, I would never write these emails. If I would overwork yeah. and don't take care of myself, I would never take these other steps or would have time for eating healthy, would have time for creating, 
music and have a wonderful team of songwriters around the world, you know, and to evolve again. And it's at, at the beginning, it's scary because you never know what happens and fear is the unknown. This is what, what we mainly fear of if we don't know. So, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations just on, you know, stepping up to that call that you felt, you know, just to not neglect yourself anymore, not abandon yourself. I really think that's, that's so important. And I, I don't know if you know, but I have my first novel came out last year and oh, it's called, it has a vegan protagonist and it it's called marrying myself. So it's, it's a fun story, but it's, it's that whole concept of how we really need to, yes, it's great to care about other people and be kind to other people. And of course, to non-human animals as well, but we need to love and honor ourselves. You know, if we don't do that first and foremost, then we don't have much chance of being a positive force or energy in the world. So I hate that it had to get so dramatic and, you know, scary for you. Um, But I, you know, I applaud you for just turning that into a wake up call rather than, you know, just using it as justification to feel like a victim or feel like, you know, everybody's taking advantage of you and there's nothing you can do about it. Instead, you took action and you said, no, I'm going to decide who I like to work with and what I want to do. So that's, that took a lot of courage. I really give you a lot of, a lot of credit for that. And I can tell it's working. I can tell it's working. Yeah. I can just feel, feel the energy and you just seem, you do seem very at at peace, you know, not, not in a boring (laughs) way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Wow. I really appreciate your kind words. Well, it's been so great um, just hearing your story. I mean, what a unique perspective you have just on on the world and on life in general. And the journey's just begun. Again, that's that's what I find so beautiful and so powerful about this vegan journey is just that, you know, we are always learning and growing. And no matter how far we come, there are still new things to learn. And sometimes there are hard lessons that we have to, you know, learn and make changes. Um, mm-hmm. how, how vegan friendly would you say the music industry is in general? In general, I think the younger generation is very, very conscious, very, mm-hmm. very conscious about it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, that's absolutely. The people I meet, the people I, I hang out with, the people I work with, um, either vegetarian or vegan. It's um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to see this change. Yeah, well, that's great to hear because you've you've been all over and worked with all kinds of people. So I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. All right, just um, just a few more questions because I don't want to work you overwork you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely uh, enjoy this this interview. So as many oh, questions as you yeah. need. It's so fascinating. I'm I'm so glad that we crossed paths. Um, but I just like to ask what what tips do you have for people in the music business or people who travel a lot for eating healthy and you know for eating vegan and compassionately? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also maybe just for self-care. Yeah, get get rest and movement, especially as um, engineers or musicians. We are sitting a lot. Get sunshine. Get out there. Um, communicate with people. There, there, there is a huge trend now to have your own studio and write the songs on your own, record them on your own, edit them on your own, mix them on your own, master them on your own, promote them on your own. You know, you're just all the time in front of the laptop. And it's not healthy. It's just not healthy. It's, um, you know, I've been to London this year and made the Joe Strummer City Walk. And I could understand why the songs from Joe Strummer spoke to me. Because there were stories. They were squatting. They they were playing shows here and jump out of the windows and had their experiences, you know. And we need to experience. We need to interact because music is not perfect. 
music is something that we create with somebody, with our environment. And when our environment is a shiny screen in front of us and the clicking mouse, um, it's it, it can be difficult. So definitely do some movement, find sign up for yoga classes. If you don't like yoga, do Qigong or Kung Fu, do something cool, you know? Be like Bruce Lee, go to Kung Fu at least twice per, per week, you know? Um, or football, soccer, basketball, anything. Just move a little bit and get a little bit of contrast. And, yeah, I think that's great yeah. advice. Yeah, because we can't, you know, as artists, we're, we want to create, of course, but we also need to live, you know, without living and having real life experiences, then we don't, or at least that's how I feel is, you know, I have to be out there living in order to have experiences to bring to my art because otherwise my art will be will be shallow it will be hollow because i i don't have anything to bring to it do you do you feel that way absolutely absolutely 100 yeah. percent agree i mean especially paintings my my life partner she's a visual artist and she draw all her creativity from nature everything is there it's an abundant world that's great that's great. And in fact, yeah. um, Will Tuttle, who, who I mentioned, his his life partner is also a visual artist. <laughs> we, I have to meet this guy. <laughs> you, you have to. I mean, he may be his, his um, you know, in the same lifetime reincarnation. Or, it's very, very interesting. Yes. Wow. Um, um, can, can I add something to it? Um, please, because, yes. Uh, yes. Food-wise... Food I would recommend to have a set time when you eat mm. and to say like, okay, I block two hours now to cook and enjoy my meal and eat it consciously. Be grateful mm. for the food you, you have on the plate, that you have food on the plate. I've been to many places where it wasn't so common and this will strengthen the relationship to to your food and what you're eating because it's very easy in every studio you have snacks here and something crunching there and um it's it's it's, it's very easy to just look at the screen have your neck down and um take take food breaks like really say at 2 p.m i'm out until 4 or at 1 p.m um i know the last generation music producers from this generation, um, they would say, maybe I'm crazy because there was always no time for doing anything, you know? No time, no time. Oh, we have to do it now. And then put one more coffee there and oh, no time, no time. And very stressful. So um, I, just, I just speak from my experience that creativity is flowing more when I am healthy because once you know maybe you don't feel the health issues in the young age but it will build up until a certain age and it will happen i um and then you're knocked out maybe even for a year or maybe you don't survive it so it's better to take care now instead of you know take some time now and live longer and happier and create more <laughs> Right, right. Perfect. Perfect. And how are you feeling these days since that incident in March? Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I cut sugar. I don't eat sugar at all. Um, I even got the birthday cake last week. I said, I, I really appreciate it. And I'm very happy for you when you eat it. <laughs> I just watched. <laughs> well, happy birthday. It was your Thank birthday. You. Yeah. What What First day June. was it? First June, Gemini. First, lovely. And how old? How old are you? I'm 34 years young. 34. I like that. Yeah. Well, three plus four equals seven, and seven is a very lucky number. So, oh. I think I think it's going to be an amazing year. Even oh. more amazing than your previous previous ones. <laughs> <laughs> we always say this is the best year so far. <laughs> perfect perfect i love it i love it yeah. well well adi thank you so much it's been such a joy talking to you thank you for you know joining me from from across the ocean 
Um, the one last question that I have for you, which I like to ask all my guests is mm -hmm. if there's a particular word that for you sums up what being vegan is all about. Conscious. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I think that sums it up. I think that's a really, I think that's a really good one. I haven't heard that one yet on this show, but I think. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? You know, you don't have to, but. I, I, I would love to because when we are conscious, we make the, the right decisions. When we are conscious, we can experience the community, people around us, birds around us, all the animals around us, everything what is surrounding us. And this is why, why veganism is consciousness, because you have this gap before acting to rest and choose. And you are when, when you're conscious, you are open, you understand what the food that you cons consume, what you eat, is doing to your body when you're conscious, when you're listening. Beautiful, beautiful. That's very eloquent and well said. Thank you for sharing you those so thoughts. All right. Well, again, it's been an absolute delight. And we close every episode by taking 30 seconds of silence for all of the suffering animals, human and non-human, who desire, as we all do, safety, happiness, and the freedom to live out their lives without interference. So Adi, I invite you to join me in 30 seconds of silence for the animals, and we'll conclude with, with the sound of the bell. Thank you, Adi, and thank you, Posse. See you next time. Until then, stay strong and stay true. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.